This is the Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener. Thank you for joining Greg and I today for the Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try and unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Alan from Pixel Partners, and here is my fabulous co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. Hey, Al. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm awesome. Dude, we have got a killer guest waiting in the wings today. We'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about that guest in a moment. Greg, what have you been up to, mate? Well, you know what? I mean, you're preparing to go away and all that, but something that's really exciting me that is quite relevant to uh, you know our podcast is the design write-up tool that we use that I might have mentioned before called envisionapp.com. And man, it just keeps getting better. For any designer out there, if you're using any other write-up tool, at least go over and try the free trial for Envision App. They've got this new feature called Workflow. And, um, you know, you can, it has like four columns, for instance. You can move stuff from, you know, in design process to version two, for instance, to approve to in development. And it just, they just keep, keep adding these type of features that are really helpful for a design business. So go check it out. What have you been up to, buddy? Actually, I've, I've been doing a bit of work with our design arch nemesis copywriters, you know. And, and I've got to say, I've been working with a couple of copywriters and I've also been working with a superb proofreader, right? Now, I think this is something that gets missed a lot because... You know, it's one thing to write something great, but then have a third party review it and make suggestions for the structure and the wording and, and all that kind of stuff is just phenomenal. I mean, I, we, I've sent them stuff that I've had a professional copywriter write, and they've come back with suggestions that were so small but made such a massive impact on the flow. It was unbelievable. And I also, I've been sending stuff that myself and my clients write, and, you know, they've been able to take something that's pretty rough around the edges and give it a polish that you'd almost think a professional had written it. So find yourself a really great copywriter and proofreader. It's it's amazing. Yeah, especially if you can use it for your own business and your clients. That's a great tip. Yeah, definitely. Well, Greg, mate, today on this podcast, we are interviewing Dan Dobos from leadmachine.com. Now, Dan, man, what a guy. He is an expert speaker, right? He is the founder of Mental Bank. He's a highly successful, uh, which is a highly successful business that helps high school students get the best possible marks, right? He's also the managing director of Titanium Group. He's on the cutting edge of of marketing. uh, Sorry, let me try that again. He's he's the marketing director for Titanium Titanium Group, which is on the cutting edge of marketing strategy. And and look, Lead Machine is just his most recent business venture, um, which is a CRM that ties in a lot of the loose ends that many other CRMs have got and brings them into something that's that's nicely competitive. I mean, and literally, he has just got so much going on, so many balls in the air. Mate, let's get him in here and let's have a chat. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, Dan, you are quite the juggler, and I mean that literally. <laughs> um, I've seen you, uh, you know, presenting, and, and you actually do juggle, which is incredible. But look, Alan's given a really deep and thorough intro, and you've had an amazing journey over the last few years. So, can you share how you got to where you are today? Sure. Firstly, juggling has been a pivotal part of that. Um, I love juggling. There's a great metaphor with juggling, which I always try to remember in everything I do. And that is, if you want to learn to to juggle really well, 
um, it's all about the throws and not the catches. So in everything you do, it's about the process and getting that right and not being so fixated about the outcomes. So, yeah, love juggling. It's actually interesting. I actually went to the juggling club last night in the first time in a long time, but I'm really <laughs> getting back into it. But I'm sure you guys didn't have me here just to come and talk about juggling. But it's so relevant because you've done so much. It's like you're juggling, you know, about five different businesses. So how do you handle that? Well, hang on. A minute. We've got to find out a little more about how Dan got to where he is today, and then we'll talk about the juggling <laughs> act, eh? Juggling the business. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I've really enjoyed um, working with different people in the CRM and marketing automation space, and I really felt that looking at all the different products that are out there, there wasn't a really high quality offering in the sense that if you look at, say, with task management, you've got really super high quality apps like Basecamp and Asana. And I just felt that for small business owners um, and even big business owners, the enterprise stuff's actually just as bad. You know, there was just there's just no beautiful, easy to use app that sort of just works and does what you want. And uh, the other part also was that, you know, there are, there are in this space sort of two core functions. One is the marketing function and the other is the sales function. So, you know, the sales function is typically centered around the CRM, doing tasks, making phone calls, updating contacts, admin, and the marketing automation is in relation to autoresponders and, you know, automating your marketing processes. And, and, and it's actually can get really interesting also when you apply the marketing automation to sales types activities. So, for example, if someone makes a phone call and there's a certain outcome of that call to then put the person on a certain follow-up sequence, say if they had objection one, put them on the sequence for objection one, whereas if it was objection two, send them follow-up related to objection two. So, um, really, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying that I just didn't feel that there was really any high-quality product offerings out there that, number one, I loved using, and number two, really worked well for both the sales and the marketing automation side. Yeah, nice. Look, I find it really interesting where you talk about you know, you focus on this being high quality, you know, and and just everything I've ever seen, every business that I've interacted with that you're involved in has that polish. It's high quality. It delivers on it on its promise. So I'm kind of interested. You, you said to me that there's these problems, right? But was there really, you know, one big thing, you know, one standout problem that you really wanted to solve for a customer that uses these programs when you were thinking about creating lead machine? Yeah, sure. And you're right. That's definitely how a business should be founded. It shouldn't be founded on anything as vague as low quality. So thank you for that. Yeah, look, there were there were multiple problems. In terms of the, the bigger ones, I think one of the big issues which arise in this type of environment where you've got marketing and you've got sales is tasks. Because at the end of the day, you know, marketing automation is great. You can automate all sorts of things. You can personalize in all sorts of beautiful ways. But at the end of the day, business is about work. Business is about doing stuff. And especially if you are a business that is a service-based business, you are constantly interacting with customers. And, and I would argue that even in a product-based business, you, you, you should be doing that type of stuff. So, 
I think one of the big sort of elements, and I think, and really this is reflected in the, the sort of like the one feature that Lead Machine has that absolutely no one has, is the way that we deal with work queues. So, you know, the way that, that most people do tasks today are that, you know, you go to a list of contacts and you um, click on a contact and then you may, for example, make a phone call and you know, it's okay, but the problem with that is it can be, number one, very time-consuming. You go to the contact, you do the thing, then you go to the next contact. It's 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 unnecessarily time-consuming. There is a much better solution. Um, and also, it can happen that people can be contacted twice by the same person. So, you know, one of the big motivations was to have something which, which is what we call work queues, where essentially what happens is, let's just say someone downloads a free report, you can create a flow is what we call it. It's, it's, that's essentially an automated sequence of emails, decisions, and delays. And um, basically what that can do then is, so someone downloads a report, automatically create a task, which we put in a queue to call that person. And so then when you go to the queue, um, you might have, say, 10, 20 tasks for each person that downloaded a report. You click Take Next, and um, you have that task allocated to yourself you then result the task so it might be sale not interested whatever it is and then bang you press take next task and you're on to the next task so it's just a really efficient way of just going bang 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 there's no going back to a list there's no issues with people calling the same person twice because as soon as you press take no one else can actually take it so yeah that was definitely a big part of it well look i really like that i mean look you know, I've worked with plenty of automation, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, that there's a lot of problems with marketing and sales working together. And, and forget the software side of it, right? If you go back mm. historically, you know, there's always been a bit of a rift between sales and marketing people, departments, and they should gel. They should work perfectly together yeah, um, and I, I've sure. had massive experiences where you know sales software that's currently available today some of the biggest in the world you know a simple uh, automation based on a phone call is really really difficult to do you know yeah so yeah. you know I love the fact that you've gone out and solved that problem now um, I don't <laughs> I, the, the listener might be thinking well what's this got to do with design right now we got you on for a very specific reason and it is because of the thought process that you've taken in designing every element of, of lead machine, right? So, mm-hmm. and I could just tell by your detailed description there that, you know, this was not something that you just threw together on a whim. I'm just curious to know, did you, like how much front end did you mess around with or map out before you started? Or did you list out your problems and then go, right, how do we solve these? Yeah, so... In relation to how much front-end stuff we did, it was interesting because I actually made a big mistake with that. And what you can do with most small-size apps is you can, you know, get the wireframes done and essentially create, like, for example, for an iPhone app, this is particularly easy. If it's a simple iPhone app and you can have sort of hotspots on your wireframes and then you can click through those and, and basically you can, you know, you can create, you know, it's, it's, it's very rough designs. It's all sketches and there's, there's, there's good products out there that allow you to do this. But you can have your whole app pretty much functional in, you know, days, 
um, or certainly weeks at the most. But with something like Lead Machine, which is a much bigger app, I, I did that and I actually spent a lot of money with a designer, you know, creating all sorts of wireframes. And then what I found was that, that, that there are developers and there are developers. And, um, you know, you may have heard this this idea that, you know, if you, you know, so you know, it's better to pay someone like, you know, a little bit more because the, the better person is is twice as good as, you know, the, the medium size or the average person. Uh, what my experience is that with developers, it's not that they're twice as good, it's that they're a hundred times as good. So, it's, there's, a, there's a very big variation between developers and the really good developers also understand UX. They're, they're not just, you know, code monkeys that just develop stuff and, like, they really understand the problem. So, fortunately and unfortunately at the same time, as soon as I gave, you know, our lead developer the... You know all these you know mock-ups which i thought were quite good he basically <laughs> just threw them all out and said no nah, that's not what we're gonna do i think greg and i've done stuff like that with designs very often you know clients go to all this effort give us something and we just tear it in half and start again <laughs> yeah exactly so you know there were there were there were pros and cons to that developers are often very opinionated and that's very positive i'm very lucky with the, with the person i've got he is an unbelievably intelligent person you know fortunately he he understands not just not just the development side but, but he's got a really really deep understanding of ux and i've i've learned a lot from him just mm. just from the things that he said so yeah certainly there there were some problems that we wanted to solve related to queues related to um, the way that we wanted to develop campaigns in that, you know, the way I would um, create a campaign is I would, you know, just sort of like whenever you're planning it, you get a pen and paper and you sort of go, okay, we'll send an email, then wait three days. You sort of draw a little flowchart kind of thing. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if you could reflect that in the software so that, you know, you didn't have to enter commands and, you know, text-driven rules, but you could actually see what was happening. So, yeah, we, we, we you know, so, so that, that, was, that was a big part of it. And, and interestingly, um, like, I actually started this a long, long time ago and had some, a lot of issues at the start in terms of finding good developers. And, yeah, really struggled and struggled and struggled. And, you know, the, the whole idea of this, I actually hadn't even seen. Like, the, the, like, before we actually went live, there were other platforms, competitive platforms to us now that, that, that had implemented this idea. So I thought I was a, you know, total genius coming up with this idea. And before I've launched, you know, there are multiple people that have actually already done it. So <laughs> uh, it wasn't, you know, obviously, like, and, and I actually realized that some of the enterprise offerings had actually done that as well but you know that's the way love goes and you and it's good having competition because it makes you really try to focus on well what is it that we're about you know what do we stand for and how exactly are we helping customers in a way that's different to what else is out there so it really raises standards so so when you say knowing what you're about do you mean knowing you know really who your customer is and how you're trying to serve them. So this is that avatar thing that we always talk about, you know, really know who the perfect customer is. Yeah, and and the truth is, like, just to be totally transparent with you, that the avatar thing is something that I started with and I develop and I try and refine, but it, it is a lot harder in this type of a business than 
in you know and that's a horrible thing to say because you often hear people say you know my business is different and you know it shouldn't be and so I'm, I'm conscious of the words that i'm using but say for example in say a seminar business beforehand you know we were clearly focusing on students this year level the specific challenge boom 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 you know it's super easy whereas uh the challenge in this space is that you know, you've got multiple industries. And so it's not, it's not necessarily like we've got lots of really happy clients in, in multiple industries. So, you know, maybe we should just focus on one of those industries and, and, and we are taking steps to, to, to do that, to just, you know, look at ways that we can, can make it something specific to one industry. But at the same time, what we've realized is that it's about sales and it's about marketing, and, um, you know, what we're looking to try to do is that most of the platforms out there, they just do the marketing side and they don't really do anything on sales. They might do a little bit uh, and some of them do a bit, but we feel that we want, like, we feel that the sales side is under underrepresented. And, um, for example, work cues we see is one big step to helping people with sales-related activities. That's a great answer. And so what, what sort of differentiates you from, you know, let's say the bigger players out there? Because I know that in FusionSoft and Auto Office, or what are they called, Entreport, um, they're quite visual with their design now and it's a much better user experience. Um, so, yeah, how would you differentiate your, you know, what your platform offers to them, for instance? Sure. Um, so, Infusionsoft has a visual campaign builder. Entreport doesn't. Entreport's right. just um, a set of rules. So, in that way, we're very different th- to that. But with, I guess, in terms of those two players, there are, there are several things. I guess the, the biggest thing that we get from customers is the simplicity in that, you know, if, and, and the reality is that like most people that use Infusionsoft have a consultant that runs it. If they're doing, you know, ma- like the, the people that don't have a consultant are really struggling is, is the feedback I get. Um, and, you know, there are people that, you know, have said things like the percentage of people with that actually use Infusionsoft is, you know, not exactly what it should be. Now, I, I don't know exactly, but the point is that what we've worked hard to do is to make it really simple and really easy to use. So, get a consultant to give you marketing strategy, get a consultant to come up with great ideas. But our argument is that you, a business owner, you should be in control of your list. You should know how to understand the software and you, you should be able to figure it out. So, so that's, that's, that's the big one. Mm, that's gold. Yeah, I think you're, in, you're enabling people that have never been enabled before to do this sort of stuff because with my experience with a lot of these you do you need a consultant you need somebody to drive it you know it's like it's like having to hire a 50 seat bus and have a driver every time you want to go somewhere you should be able to just get in the car and go yeah exactly and the other thing also is that you know with like cues is is another another example of sales management so um, yeah, certainly with Infusionsoft, there there isn't cues. Certainly, Infusionsoft, the pipeline is they have some sort of a pipeline, but it's it's totally different. Um, for example, we've got you know if say you've got a basic sales pipeline with stages. If you if people have used Trello, sort of that's sort of how a pipeline looks. Um, in that it's like a Kanban board is another analogy to think of. Um, so you might have things like you know interested, sent proposal, um, negotiate terms 
contract sign type of, you know, just a progression in a sales process. So one of the automations that we have, which is, I think it's actually totally unique, but look, there might be one person that does it, but I'm not, I actually don't know of anyone that does this, which is that um, if you have a deal, which is at a stage, say they're at, you know, negotiate terms for like two weeks, you know, well, you'd want to sort of say, well, you know, what's happening with this? You know, we, is it one or is it lost type thing? So, Mm. Yeah, so we've got we've got an automation where if 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 a deal is at a certain st- stage for X number of days, you know, trigger a flow to notify a salesperson or notify a manager or do something. That's excellent. Yeah, that, that is definitely yeah. absolute uh, absolute gold. You know, it's funny, hey, because I sit here and I listen to this, and and uh, Dan, we, I mean, you and I got onto this topic because of some frustrations that I was having with uh, automation, an automation software company. You know, I hear these things, and I'm just hearing every single problem that 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 I've had, and I'm sure a lot of uh, of the listeners who've used automation may have had before. So that's that's exciting, you know. Um, look, I just want to go back to the the user interface uh, a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, if we can. Yep. So. You know, sure. my personal feeling, and, and I apologise to any software as a service businesses out there, right? But yeah. you know, I yeah. find that so many SaaS businesses just, you know, their functions are great, but they miss the mark when it comes to the user interface design and the user experience. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. Agree. And I know that you've really thought about this with with Lead Machine, right? You know, yeah. what were the key elements in the user interface apart from you know that the nice flow chart style, but what were the other parts yep. of the interface that you really thought about when you were coming up with Lead Machine? Uh, well, so just to give you a few just general principles, which I think apply to all user interface, but which, as you said, I, I agree with you, don't exist in most SaaS-type situations, SaaS-type softwares. So the first thing is that you want to create software that solves a problem and you want to be thinking of the exact scenario that someone's in as opposed to let's just create a feature. So you really want to think through, okay, what are they doing? What's their problem? What's the best way to solve the problem? So, and and then, you know, going back to cues, that, that's the sort of how we develop cues. Another another sort of general principle, which I think is, is really useful, is that we all have, when it comes to memory, we, we're like it's generally, for most people, um, hard to keep more than seven items in their short-term memory. Not, not for you, though, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, there, there, are, there are memory strategies actually quite, as I say, most people, just like everyone's capable of, of actually remembering hundreds and even not thousands of items. Just It's just about knowing a process for that. But the point of the matter is in every, every average sort of use, you know, pe- people sort of struggle. Like, and, and certainly, I, I think it's it's not. It certainly applies to me as much as anyone. Is that there is a, there is a bit of cognitive overload when you see lots of options in front of you because, you know, it's not just a question of of of, of memorizing them. It's a question of processing them and understand the relationship between them as well. So, quite apart from the memory side, it is. Um, you know, a, a challenge to sort of have lots of data all at once. So one of the things that we've really tried to do is, uh, number one is in terms of a set, like generally there's a lot of apps which have like an admin or a settings page. They sort of just throw in everything there, which they couldn't really figure out where to put it. <laughs> uh, and um, look, admittedly, when we started, we, we pretty much did the same thing. Um, and we, we're just, you know, literally the last month we've we've spent literally just improving the UX, taking things out of settings. Like, for example, you know, like import contacts. 
you know, that, that was in settings. But you know what, what? Why isn't that on the contacts page? You know, when I'm at contacts, yeah, well, I want to import contacts. You know, when I'm mm-hmm. at contacts, you know, I probably may want to change the custom fields of each contact. You know, why do I need to go to some settings place and find it there? You know, that's, that's something related to contacts. So have you made these iterations based on user feedback or it's just what you've noticed as you've evolved? I've definitely been some user feedback, but like, say for example, these two things, like, you know, you sort of look at yourself, you think, like, oh, that was pretty stupid of us, you know, what, what were we <laughs> thinking, you know, just chucking it there, like, there's, <laughs> there's got to be a better solution. So, you know, you definitely, you, you know, like, uh, like you know, we're in, we're in the app, you know, every hour, every day, and, you know, if I'm not using it for, for marketing, I'm using it to, you know, to test new features and to question and to, you know, help different clients even, and so, you know, there's, there's all sorts of ways which you, which you always try and improve, and, you know, and so just based on, on also, just also just going back to what I was saying before with the seven items is that, you know, one of the things we've really tried to do is to limit the number of options so that when you're on a screen, you know, you know let's try and give the person as few options as possible because yeah. the reality is that there's probably only two or three things they want to do. Mm. Um, you know, we recently d- redesigned the, the contact page, like when you click on a contact and we sort of said, look, well, yeah, w- w- what do you want to do when you see a contact? And, you know, what do you, you probably maybe you want to call them, you want to email them or you want to look at where things are at. Now, those are probably the, the three th- And yeah, you may want to, you know, put them on a pipeline, you may want to, you know, subscribe them to an automation. But, you know, the main thing is you want to, you see their name, their email, call, and, and where are things at. So, the, the, that's how we designed it. On the left-hand side, you've got their name, you've got their phone number, you've got their email. Uh, on the right-hand side, you've got a whole bunch of options. But the first thing you see is their, co- their history, their log, you know, the log of, you know, what, what's happened to that person. And then you can change the right-hand side to looking at, you know, the deals, the tasks, you know, and there's sort of like they're all in tabs. So, yeah, by actually really thinking through, you know, what is it that someone wants to do on each page and then trying to limit it to as few things as possible, I think that's that's just a good process for coming up with a design that, that's easy for people to use. Yeah, we do the same on a website design. It's, you, you know, every business has a million different things that they offer essentially and, you know, it depends on where you are. Um, you know, on whichever page, we'd like to make each page of the website just have one single purpose. And it's so much harder than it sounds because there's so many choices that, you know, that you could potentially put in there. So finding out what's completely relevant to the user and just putting that there, I think that's awesome. Oh, look, I love that yeah. too. I mean, you've, you've mentioned simplicity and cutting things back, you know, multiple times. And um, there's a book, Insanely Simple. And, you know, they say complexity is the enemy of simplicity, yet it's often really difficult to keep it simple. You know, it's easier just to, like you say, oh, I'll just throw it in the settings. You know, I, I can't think, yeah. and I'm sure, that everybody listening is going, oh, yeah, I know this feeling. I can't think how many times I've tried to find a setting for something in any piece of software. And when I finally finally found it, I just thought, why on earth was it there? You know, it, it's... Yeah. It's just a, it's a, it's a laziness sort of shortcut type mm. thing. You know, look, uh, there's still stuff in the settings there which we know we need to sort of remove. And, um, you know, we're actually in the process of, of having a new settings section, which will probably be live in the next week or two. But, yeah, it's 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 hard. You know, it's a lot easier to just chuck it in there. Yeah, <laughs> That's the exactly. reality. So, yeah. yeah. But once you do it, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And I imagine it'll just keep evolving. It's like a website. It's, it's never finished. It's not. Absolutely. <laughs> you sound a bit weary when you said that, Dan. <laughs> There's a lot of work ahead. You know, it's 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 one of the things that we talk about off all the time in the sense that, you know, you can build new features or you can just make the existing features better and add enhancement to them. 
so it's it's finding that balance like for example recently we added um effectively instant search so you could like type the first few letters of a person's name and the page doesn't reload it just instantly shows um those contacts that that's not really a new feature it's just you know part of the existing contacts you know we already previously had a search but we're now just making that search better so like something like that's like a really nice feature but like sort of you know if you if you do that too much then you know that there's you know possibly features which could be really useful that, that you're missing out on so it's it's about finding that balance it's it's, it's a tough job i'm amazed at how much thought uh, you know you've put into this and i'm just curious to know from your first wireframes how many iterations would you say you've done up until now uh, yeah, I think I briefly said before we were speaking, I don't want to think about the numbers because it's probably something like 15. <laughs> like literally it's... Uh, In how long? Well, we, we started developing two years ago where all the prior stuff, I guess, was effectively thrown out. So, but even then we've, we've, we've had major redesigns at least five times. And then before that, I would have, you know, easily done it ten more than ten times, and that's just in the major redesign. We've also, you know, taken major features. Like for example, we had a page which just we just did this recently. We had a a pipelines page, like the index page for for pipelines, which really just had a list of all the pipelines and the number of deals at each stage. And we sort of just looked at that and sort of just realized, you know what, a page is actually pretty useless because and so what we changed it to was essentially it was like essentially it's now just a list where you it's just a pick list so you essentially just choose the pipeline it, it, it's just, it's a bit hard to explain without showing it but the whole yeah, point so. is i think it's i think it's really important to, to look at every page you've got and say is that really that important and if especially if it's an index page of a category how can you change that so that the user gets the best information as quickly as possible? So less is more. Yeah. yeah, absolutely less is more. I think less is more with everything you do in the sense that, you know, in everything you do, there's probably, you know, it's just the 80-20 rule, you know, that there's, there's, a, there's a small number of things that are going to end up having a big impact. So let's put all of our attention on those small number of things so that we get that bigger impact quicker. Even down to the language that you guys use is a little bit different. I mean, a lot of these SaaS businesses are written by tech geeks and they use language that they might understand, but it might not be the same language as what the user uses. So can you just talk a little bit about the language that you use for for your platform? Well, yeah, I guess we, we, we just try and make it as conversational as possible so that, you know, the, the ordinary average person without any special technical skills can, can make sense of it is what we, we aim for. Well, that was a nice, easy answer. Now that, now we're getting into simplification. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, think, cool. I, I think there's a lot of respect in that, you know. I'm a, don't underplay it. I mean, you know, we've had conversations about this and the wording that you've chosen, you know, makes logical sense to the average business owner, not necessarily the average IT person, you know, which I, which I think is important, you know. And, um, look, just, just moving on from that, well, <laughs> there is one feature that, you know, I really I love the way that you've actually developed this, you know. So you've, you've developed uh, what you call dynamic emails for lead machines, and it's probably... You know, one of the more, probably the most revolutionary idea I've heard in a long time with these softwares. 
right, with, with this type of software. And we're always talking about, you know, here in, in design, we're talking about getting your message right and communicating to individual customers, like one person, having that direct conversation. Can you just t- tell the listener how, you know, your email system works that little bit differently and how you can make use it to make your, your message super relevant? I can give a few different examples. I guess the basic idea is that what it allows you to do is instead of having plain text in an email, it allows your emails to change based on different conditions. So I'll give you an example of that. So one example might be that, you know, when people opt in from a website and it's, you know, they might put Peter as all lowercase and then you want to say, hi, Peter, you want to capitalize. Just something like that, I know with a lot of people is a massive bugbear that, that they can't just capitalize the first name, for example. So that's just a trivial example of how you can actually add programming to your email templates. So I'll give you an- another example, which would be, let's just say you got a, so this is something which a lot of people use and love and often you know start using Lead Machine for. So say you've got a... Um, you know, a survey where you say to someone, answer these three or four questions and I will send you a personalized report. And so what you then do is you might say to them, first question might be is, you know, how's your lead generation going? And there are two responses, which is we've got heaps of leads, we're struggling with leads. Obviously, you can have as many responses as you want. Then another question might be, how are you going in terms of converting those leads into sales? And some people might say, yep, fantastic conversion other person might say terrible conversion and you could go on from there but let's just keep it simple with two questions and maybe we'll have a third question which is okay what's your biggest challenge at the moment and there's challenge one challenge two challenge three then what happens is they choose what they choose they press submit what lead machine can then do is send an email which has different paragraphs based on their response. So if their first response was, you know, I'm not getting many leads, the first paragraph would say, well, since you're not getting many leads, blah, 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 blah. But if instead they said, oh, we're getting heaps of leads, it would say, well, since you're getting heaps of leads, here's an advanced strategy on blah, blah, blah. And similarly, every question they've answered will generate a different paragraph based on on the response they gave to that question. So what it means is that they get a personalized report which is which you know you, you don't have to do anything you set it up once and then it will just personalize those reports um, forever. Oh, you know, you're my new best friend, Dan. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> I can see so many applications for that. And, I, you know, if anybody who hasn't used this type of software before, if you wanted to do something like that, let's say you had four variations, right? You yep. would have to create a template for each and every one of those variations. So you'd have, you know, would it be more than 16 emails, yeah, wouldn't it? It becomes exponential. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, if you've got, like, three questions with three responses, that's three times three times three, so that's 27 mm. different templates. And so, then you've got to program yeah. them to go out right, and that never ends yeah, up going exactly. right because you're doing so many of them. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, another way that that's also applied is um, there's a really new and interesting feature in which Google has created called um, Google, I think it's called Gmail Email Markup or something like that. Basically what it is is that what Google allows you to now do is if you send email to a Gmail or Google Apps address, what you can do is in the subject line... Do you guys use Gmail, oh, by the way? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So you might have noticed this that sometimes in 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 your subject line, say for calendar, like for an invite, there's like a little icon. What they've allowed you to do is, and say for a Google Doc, what they've now got is they've got like a view button. So there are actual buttons which Gmail puts in your in the actual subject line of the email. But what this um, email markup allows you to do is to actually create your own button. So for example, if you want someone to join a webinar in the subject line, you can actually have a button which just says join webinar and that just goes straight in the subject line. Another example is um, for rate your business. So Google Maps obviously shows the ratings of all the different businesses. What you can do is right in the email, you can actually give them a button to actually rate your business. So if someone's a really happy customer, uh, you know, you can just say, look, just click this button and please give me a happy, a positive rating. They don't need to sort of, you know, go and find your business and blah, like it takes a lot longer. So the challenge then, so it's an amazing piece of functionality which which um, Google has given us, but the challenge is that you only want to send it to people that have Gmail in their email address or if you know that they're a Google Apps user. So what we can do is we can actually we can actually in the email template we can say if they've got Gmail in their in their email address, show this button. If they don't, well then just send them a normal email. <laughs> That's incredible. Man, yeah, that's really powerful software and it sounds quite unique, these features that you've mentioned, which is really cool. So, yeah, I think I might need to uh, check it out, that's for sure. So, look, you've been really generous with all of your uh, tips and tricks, etc. And so, what was the turning point for you uh, in your business where design became important? Well, I think design is important from from the start. Really, you know, I think what one of the goals in creating this product, when we we said was, you know, we wanted to create something that was simple and that was easy to use. And it's not just simple for the sake of being simple. Is it like once something's simple and easy to use? If people can get things done quicker, that's actually a big advantage. You know, like if I if you can get something done in less time, if it takes me an hour instead of a day, well, you know, that's obviously a lot more appealing. So, yeah, I, th- I think for me, I wanted it to be simple and easy and quick to use from day one. Like the other part of design also is designing for devices. So, you know, most software, certainly the Infusionsofts and Entreports and those type of things, that they were built, you know, eight, ten years ago. And, you know, they were obviously, you know, mobile and tablets were, were nowhere near as prolific as they are today. So, you know, certainly what we did right out of the box is we, we made Lead Machine responsive. So you can be on a mobile, you can be on a tablet, and, you know, it, it's like a responsive website in that it will it will adapt to the device. So, you know, that, that was certainly something we decided from the start. Oh, that's awesome. Um, look, Dan, one of the things we ask at the end of, of every podcast is for for our uh, guests to sort of dig deep into their knowledge and, and experience, which you have an enormous amount of, and just give our listener a tip. Now, we've been talking a lot about software as a service, and I think that this is a growing market, and not all of our listeners are going to necessarily create their own software. But, you know, me personally, I'd like to know, if I was starting or thinking about designing uh, for software as a service, because a lot of our listeners are designers, they might do user interface stuff, or if I was thinking Mm. about starting my own software as a service, what would be the one piece of advice you wish you had when you started? Sure. It's it's a really interesting question, and one way to answer that would be that if you look at the way software has changed over the years, one of the, the biggest changes has been that today you're finding more and more software applications are doing 
fewer and fewer things. So they've got less functionality, but that the problems they solve, they solve it really, really well. And certainly what, one of the things that, that we, we decided with Lead Machine is that, look, sales and marketing are two big, chunky topics, but you know what? We're not going to do everything. You know, for example, we're not going to have a shopping cart because there are better shopping carts out there. You know, we're not going to do as many things as, as like, we're not going to have an affiliate program because there are better affiliate programs out there. Look, now, maybe that might change, but certainly when you're starting, I think it's really important to try to solve one specific problem really, really well. And and admittedly, you know, with Lead Machine, we, we could even be doing it, like we could be even more focused is, 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 is an argument that, you know, if someone said that to me, you know, I'd say, look, you have, there is merit to that. Uh, it's just difficult for, because, you know, there is the sales and the marketing, you want to integrate them. So, you know, that's why we've taken the road we've taken. But, you know, the best advice that I could give someone would be to get really specific on what is what is the most important problem that they want to solve and then you know ask why hasn't someone solved it and, and what is it you know there's a really good book by Peter Thiel called zero to one mm-hmm. and, and one, one of the questions he says which I think is absolutely brilliant is he says he says he says what it's something to the effect of what do you write about that, that sort of most people have never thought about you know so it's 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 sort of like well like if, if this was obvious you know someone would have done it you know so so like what what is it that you've really thought about that no one's really considered that's 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 really going to make a big impact so I think that's a, that's a really good question, and you should probably check out the book. And he, I'm sure he explains it in, in, in a more sort of slightly concise manner. But yeah, I think with software, the, the other thing, the big development with software is that now with Zapier, Zapier is a breakthrough product. If, if someone doesn't know what that is, just a very quick explanation is that typically what you had to do in the past is that if I had a soft, if I had a, a software app and you had a software app and we wanted them to talk together, then our APIs, which is sort of like the doorway to our software, they had to connect. So we had to do an integration through our APIs. Now Zapier comes along and says, you know what, if you make your API compliant with Zapier, well, then what you can now do is you can talk to all the other apps that are talking to Zapier. So yeah. one of the big things that we did as part of this was we spent a lot of time on our Zapier integration and we can actually, you can actually do lots and lots of stuff through Zapier. So I think sort of recognizing that, that there are already lots and lots of apps out there with lots and lots of development. Um, programmers are really hard to find. There's a massive shortage of them. So, you know, Figure out what it is you're going to do and then make sure you're Zapier compliant, make sure you integrate well with other apps and, you know, figure out how you fit in that ecosystem. Yeah, Zapier is just so powerful. I think that's a that's a great decision, you know. Um, I, for those who haven't used it, I use it and it's it's groundbreaking, you know. So Yeah, it is. It is. Like the, the, even the Zapier email parser, so like what you can do now is say, say we say schedule once, which isn't, or Calendly, which are both apps where you can book appointments. Um, both of those apps don't integrate with Zapier, but because Zapier's got an email parser, one of the things that you can do is when you get a confirmation that someone has booked an appointment with you, you can auto-forward that email to Zapier, and then Zapier can then say, look at something like Lead Machine. It doesn't work for all apps, but say with Lead Machine, it does, where it can look and say, well, look for the contact with the email address 
on this line of the email that I've got auto-forwarded from Calendly or Schedule Ones and update the contact to say that they've booked an appointment so we take them off the flow that's sending them the follow-up. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty yeah. awesome. That's cool. That is a super killer tip to yeah, any SaaS business thinking of starting to make sure they're Zapier compliant. I would have thought of that. Another thing you mentioned as well was that, you know, try and find a, a problem that nobody else has solved. But you could even just solve that problem better than another pro- existing product, for instance, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah. I think the point is, you know, what is it that, you know, what is it that people haven't really thought about? What is it that, you know that they don't know because if they knew that, they would have just built it into their product. Yeah, sure. So, so you need to have a differentiator, something that makes your offering unique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Cool, man. Dan, uh, mate, this has been phenomenal. I'm just blown away with the detail that you've gone into with, with Lead Machine and, you know, everybody needs to go and check this out. <laughs> I don't care if you've already got software, go, go and have a look. Hey, um, Dan... Mate, what 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 have you got that's exciting over the next twelve months in your in your business? And where can people find out more about you and Lead Machine? Sure. So just to give you the correct version of what Peter Thiel said, what important truth do few people agree with you on? So that's really what nice. I was just trying yep. to say. Where can what do we have planned for Lead Machine? Look, we've got we've got lots of stuff planned. There's you know, probably 10 years of development um, of the sort of things we want to do. But, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there and, um, you know, it's, it's awesome. Literally every week there's, there's, there's new features um, popping up. Next 12 months, you know, it's, I, probably, I probably don't want to sort of really sort of go into too much detail just because just, just I wouldn't want to sort of set someone's hopes and then, you know, we, we decide to sort of deprioritize that idea. But, Look, if, if someone's got any sort of specific features that they're looking for and, you know, we're, we're, we're very open to, to, to listening to customers. And, in fact, that is, a big, that is a big factor that impacts what we do actually develop next. Yeah, we've got some really exciting stuff. Um, the next feature which, which we've got coming up is the ability to actually share a flow, like an automation sequence. So, if, you know, if you're, if you're an, agency, an, an agency, we've got quite a few agencies that are recommending our product, um, you know, what they want to do is they want to create something once for a client and then share it with all their other clients. So, yeah, that's, that's the next feature we've got coming up. Yeah, that's cool. So if you market in a vertical niche, you can pretty much master the sequences and pass it on to your clients. Exactly right, yeah. Wow, so the, that's and you powerful. can create email templates and then they'll be able to, you know, use those templates. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice feature. Cool, man. All right, and where can people connect with you and learn more about what you do? Sure. So they can go to leadmachine.com, L-E-A-D, machine.com. And if anyone wants to ask me any questions, I reply to all my emails. So unless unless if I miss it, I do, certainly do apologize. Feel free to send it again. <laughs> I, I generally don't miss it. I, I know Alan sent me an email before this podcast. So it's very embarrassing. I actually did uh, miss one of those. But no, 90, 90% of the time, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, so yeah, feel free to email me. Very happy to, to assist anyone in in any way I can. Uh, my email is very simple. It's just dan, D-A-N, at leadmachine.com. That's an original email address. That's right. <laughs> dan, thank you very much for your time. You know, I certainly got a lot out of that um, and I look forward. Look, I think, we, you know, I'd love to get you back and talk about juggling and memory and presenting. So maybe we'll, we'll hook up another time down the track. Yeah, no worries. Be happy to do that. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks a lot. Oh, man, that was, again, just another fabulous episode. I'm, I'm so grateful of, of Dan taking time out of his busy schedule to, to come and chat to us. Mate, uh, Greg, out of that, I know there was a lot of gold, but what would your you know, one killer tip be for, for the listener to go out in action? Man, look, there's no doubt that you know, what he delivered was incredible. I, I, I just learned so much from that. But, yeah, to really... When you, I guess, not just in a in an app, uh, sorry, a SaaS business, but um, or an app or whatever, but even a website, just simplify. Really try and simplify, and it's so much harder than it sounds. But if you can just think of the core purpose of the user and just deliver what they need and get rid of all the other crap then that's the best approach possible. Oh, look, and to back that up, if you haven't read the book, Insanely Simple, go, go and have a read of that. Mate, look, for me, it's getting clarity on the problem that you're solving, you know. I think we get very caught up on what we're trying to sell, you know, and if you genuinely solve a problem for a customer and you focus on that, then there's just no way that you can't successfully flow from that and, and sell the product. Mm, yeah, yeah. Killer tip, man. I love it. Well, thank you, listener. And if you have any comments, please go to therealmagic.com and leave a comment in this particular episode. Apart from that, go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'd really love it. Thanks, listener. We'll catch you next time on The Real Magic. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.